Broadcasting live from the Stuart Title Studio on Broadway in Tucson, Arizona. Welcome to Business Radio X, highlighting business leaders, entrepreneurs, and a whole lot more. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Connecting Tucson with Jamie. We are live in the Stuart Title Studio here in Tucson, Arizona, where we are focusing on connecting our community and local businesses. Today, we have three terrific gentlemen here to share their stories and businesses and groups with us. The first here, we have Adam Medina, who is the owner of Garage Metalworks, LLC. Adam, um, as you can imagine, works with magic with metal. Adam currently resides in Marana with his wife, Michelle, and three daughters. Adam, personally, I think you may be a little outnumbered, but you seem to be holding your own. <laughs> Congratulations and welcome to the show. Thank you. Even our dogs are female. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we have Jason Red, who is the commander of the Combat Veterans Motorcycle Association, Chapter 32-2. Prior to joining the CVMA, Jason served as in the Air Force for 26 years, mostly as a helicopter gunner with combat rescue, serving multiple tours. Currently, he's living in Tucson with his wife, Jamie, and daughter, Ava. Did I pronounce that correct? You did. Excellent. Welcome. Thank you for joining Thank our show. Thank you for show. having me. And finally, last but not certainly least, we have Brennan Burns with the Law Office of Brennan Burns PLLC, primarily focusing in the areas of family law, criminal law, and personal injury. After graduating law school magnum cum laude from our very own University of Arizona, Brennan served in the Army JAG Corps as an attorney, then continued his service is in the Army Reserves. Currently, Brennan resides in Oro Valley with his three children. Welcome, Brennan. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. <clears throat> Excellent. So, Adam, if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. Is that okay? Sure. Excellent. So, how long have you been working with metal? Um, actually, I started in, I was probably 20 years old when I lived in Colorado. It was when I was first exposed to it. I lived, okay. uh, we lived in Colorado and I was working for a farmer, an organic farmer, one of the first in the business when it, all the organic stuff started, uh, Valley Fresh in Colorado. And uh, his foreman, uh, he was a legit welder. He uh, worked on the pipelines in Alaska and uh, he was a foreman there and he was running the farms. And anytime they had uh, equipment breaking down, um, it was up to him to get it up and running. So, you know, on those days we were in the shop and he had me cutting, learning how to use a torch and welding. And just from then I was like, this is freaking awesome. That's not like so. You were in Alaska when? No, I was in Colorado. Oh, so he yeah. worked on the Alaskan pipeline. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you you didn't always work with metal though, and since you worked on the farm, you're also an engineer and you work in the railroad too. So what created that? What do I say? Spark, pun intended, um, <laughs> to basically start your own metalworking and fabrication business. What what created that? For well, you? first, I'm not an engineer. I'm a locomotive engineer. So oh, there's a difference. I didn't okay. I didn't do all the schooling. Um, I'm just the guy who runs the trains. And so, so that's what the locomotive engineer, but, um, you know, when I moved from Colorado to Arizona, uh, I was just something I really enjoyed. And this guy was somebody I looked up to as a male role model. And he was a big old biker and he welded and he knew how to plumb. He knew all kinds of different things. And I just thought he was the coolest and, um, you know, working with metal was pretty neat. So when I moved to Arizona, um, I bought myself a little welder, a little 220 welder in my garage and just started tinkering around with things and, uh, just, just grew the skill and, um, I, uh, I worked for uh, Department of Corrections, Juvenile Corrections, for a couple years, and then uh, I was just anxious just to get out and uh, you know start you doing some welding. So I hired on at the Bohr Company in uh, Phoenix, and um, that's where I got some experience doing some pipe pipe welding. 
Okay. So, but what's, I, you own your own business now. What made you want to say, hey, I want to do this on my own and I want to start doing this as my own business? What, what created that spark? Um, well, it was, it was kind of an accident. Um, you know, I'd always been tinkering around. We moved to Tucson. I started building my gates. I built all my front gates for my yard, uh, built some gates for the neighbors. And uh, we were at the CrossFit Northwest Tucson is where we work out at my wife and I, and they asked me to make some squat racks for them. So I made a couple squat racks and uh, we had an event that was going on, a fundraiser uh, for a local family. Um, and so I made some equipment that they raffled off and there were so many people there from the community. And okay. so from there, it just uh, just kind of snowballed. You know, a couple of people asked me, hey, you made this wreck, can you make me one? And so then it just it just snowballed from there. And it just got to the point where I had to get legit, you know, with uh, liability. And so I started the LLC and, and just went from there. So that one community event kind of yeah. spearheaded you saying, I'm going, I'm going to be doing this. So you're obviously not like a cookie cutter type operation. You do things custom and you fabricate. So what products and services do you offer or can you offer clients? Um, mostly what we do is uh, workout equipment, uh, CrossFit style equipment. That's been the majority uh, bread and butter for the for the business. Um, I do some gates, uh, but I try to stay away from the gates. It's just there's just so many gates and door companies here in town. Mm -hmm. What I really like is the people coming to me and saying, hey, I got this um, this idea. Can you make it a reality? And that's that's the stuff I really like. Um, and that's what we've been busy with quite a bit. Uh, we've been doing a lot of signs also. I have a plasma machine too. And so we've been making some signs for businesses, workout equipment. Uh, we've got planners. We just did um, a big 20 by 17 foot gazebo made out of I-beams. And that thing turned out Jeez. awesome. I think it was so cool. And uh, it was just oh neat to watch. It's something I've never done before. And uh, So you challenged yourself yeah, with that. Yeah, exactly. And I like doing things out of the box. And there's been so many times where I'm like, God, I don't know if I want to do this. I've never done it. So you might not, not not know this, but right now I'm really picturing the Game of Thrones theme song, you know, <laughs> coming through my head and you're in your office or your workshop welding this like huge gazebo or, yeah, that's what I'm picturing right now. I probably shouldn't, but obviously you created quite a bit. What's your favorite piece you've created? Um, I think right now is that gazebo, uh, just because it took me out of my comfort zone quite a bit. But uh, I also enjoy doing the signs too. Um, you know, people say, hey, this is my business. Can you make me a sign? For inside my business that lights up so people can see it okay. and uh you know we've done quite a few in town there's uh we did a table and a sign for a motivas clothing company here in town Wonderful. and it turned out pretty cool i mean i've had a lot of people saying hey, you're the guy that built the sign and the table in motivas like yeah yeah that's me and it's just it's just so neat you just think it yeah and then it comes out in your artwork and that's metalwork. that's the best part when somebody says this is what i want built just you design it, use your creativity, let's go with it. That's my favorite. That's what that's what you enjoy, yeah. wonderful. So, I mean, uh, you've obviously done so much. Do you work with several nonprofits in helping them raise money, or have you ever done anything of that type of issue? We're always, more than likely, always down to give uh, back to the community. Uh, CrossFit events, more than likely, um, you know, if they need a piece of equipment for a raffle, 90% of the time we're there. Um, there was, uh, there's quite an events for uh, animals, which um, my girls are all about animals. So if there's an animal event, hey, we'll do it. Wonderful. Well, you're, all of your animals are female <laughs> as well, too. So yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. they're happy with that. So yeah, um, exactly. speaking of that type of work, Jason, um, you started with the Combat Veterans Motorcycle Association. And I'm just going to say the CVMA for short. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. You started as their chapter XO. Am I saying that right? 
eventually. I mean, I was I started off as a regular member with the association back in 2011. Okay. Um, and then in 2013, uh, I moved up to the XO position, which is basically our, our number two guy. Um, and I filled that role for a few years uh, before taking over as the commander uh, for the chapter in 2015, where I still remain. Okay. And um, so tell me, who is the CVMA and, and what are they about? What do they do? Well, in short, we're a veterans motorcycle association. Uh, we are comprised of all branches of service, veterans from all branches of service, both retired, um, active duty, uh, anybody that's ever served for the most part. Um, and the, the thing about our association is it really, it's formed as, as kind of a brotherhood and don't take that as exclusive genderly. Um, <laughs> no uh, offense to But him. yeah, it's, it's basically, it was, it was a place for a lot of veterans to kind of find, um, find a home, you know, find like-minded people to be with. And uh, throughout that, I mean, we're a national association. Uh, we're in, actually, we're an international association now. We have chapters wow. overseas now, um, Germany, Korea. Uh, yeah, it's the, every year that the association is growing. Okay, and and you mentioned not everyone that's in a member has seen combat, correct? True. Um, so we do have three levels of membership within our association. We've got our full members, which are combat veterans. Mm -hmm. uh, we have support members, which are veterans, people that served in the military but maybe never deployed. Um, so they can be con considered a support member within the association. And then we have our auxiliary, which is the spouse or widow of a full member or support member at this point. So those are the three types of patches you'll see um, on the backs of the guys on our bikes uh, and what they represent. Um, but for the most part, uh, yeah, we're, I'd say probably... 90% of our association is, is made up of full members. Okay. And I've heard you mention several times that the CVMA is like a extended family, but your wife and daughter have become auxiliary members as well. Isn't that right? My wife is an auxiliary. My, my daughter is currently, she's what we consider an I, an I support type person. Um, she, everybody in my family is actively involved in this. My wife is the secretary uh, of the association uh, for the auxiliary. Uh, and then again, my, I fill the role as a commander. My daughter is the assistant public relations officer. Since her significant other is our public relations officer, it works out pretty well. I can uh, see where that would tie in, yeah? Yeah, you know, so it, it's a partnership there. And she's our, also our official, unofficial uh, photographer. Uh, so yeah, it, it's not only has this become, I mean, for lack of a better term, CVMA is our social hub for our family um, because it has become our extended family here in Tucson. And, you know, it's definitely a family affair when you have not only the members, but then the family members really want to get involved, too, and help any way that they can. How did you get started with the CVMA? Uh, initially, I found the CVMA um, back in 20, I want to say it was 2011, at what they used to call the Welcome Home event that was held out there at the U of A Mall. Uh, which was, you know, a welcome home event for veterans that were coming back and returning from service, um, kind of a reintegration into into the community kind of thing. Um, and at this event, there's a lot of different veterans organizations that are represented there because there are. I mean, there's a lot of us that are walking around looking for looking for a place to belong, mm -hmm. uh, for lack of a better way to put it. And uh, I found CVMA. They were a very small chapter here in Tucson at the time. 
and I joined from there um, and really never looked back. It's It became what exactly I was looking for at the time, and it's just been it's been great and once i understood what the association was really all about and i moved into leadership positions uh, i just decided that we needed to kind of make sure the focus was family-based and every chapter is different you know and it, the d- dynamics work different for different chapters in tucson we found that keeping kind of a family-oriented dynamic or or theme throughout everything we do really helped it's, it's drawn a lot of quality members to us and the more quality members we draw, the more good we can do in the community. Okay, and you mentioned that there are many other veterans associations out there. So why the CVMA for you specifically? Well, to put it bluntly, um, not all veterans organizations are filled with combat veterans, and we're not all the same. We're really not. Um, finding a bunch of like-minded people was therapeutic for me exactly. it really was um and we've taken that, that have gone through the same things you have absolutely yeah absolutely and it, it helps you know being around a lot of the same kind of like-minded folks going back all the way to you know i've got some of my best friends are vietnam era veterans mm-hmm. you know and you see the more people you meet the more veterans no matter which war you are in your story is the same so it sounds like you're not just dedicated to helping the members, but vet all veterans throughout the community, correct? Absolutely. Whether or not they've seen combat or not. Absolutely. So you and all of the members, you, you partner with other people, so the dedication's there. So thank you. Absolutely. And speaking of dedication, Brendan, <laughs> law is obviously not for everyone, and it takes a certain amount of persistence and dedication to study and practice law. Not to mention, it intimidates the crap out of me. Um, so what made you say, this is what I want to do. I want to go be a lawyer, and I want to argue for a living. When I get asked that question, I kind of give a, what appears to be a cheesy answer, but it, it was true for me, and that's uh, justice. The one thing I love about the law, there's finality. So many times in society, you have two sides arguing back and forth. In law, there's finally either a jury or a judge says, you're right, you're wrong, or this is the answer. And that's very satisfying as a, as a profession. There's something that ends there. There's no gray area, basically, per se. Right, and the main one is, is helping people. I mean, I, I majored in um, government and public service in college, and I was an ROTC and went in the military for a while. Once I got out, I do a lot of pro bono work. I was a locally uh, elected official for a little while. So the, the justice side that you can do as an attorney um, besides probably a doctor as well, gives the opportunity to really serve the community that aren't just there for most individuals. So what's the most satisfying thing you find about being a lawyer then? When you help somebody who really needs the help and doesn't know how to help themselves and they are self-aware enough to reach out and say, can you help me, here are my problems, and you actually do help them and they go off and live a better life after. That just seems so rewarding and fulfilling. Like, you see all of these TV shows like Law & Order. I'm, I'm hearing that gong song. I, I guess I must be hearing, like, music in my head all day today or something because I heard Game of Thrones, now I hear Law, Law & Order's dun-dun. Um, but is that really what the the courtroom's like? When you see Law & Order or something like that on the TV, I have to ask this, I'm sorry. I have these two, these all three guys staring at me, but is that really what the courtroom's like is, in Law & Order? Is that what you see, is what you get? No. <laughs> Our trials do not last 20 minutes. 
<laughs> I was going to say yes, but go ahead. How, how does it differ? What's so different about it? What, what's portrayed differently? Well, for Law & Order specifically, we don't argue things with the judge back in, in chambers. Everything's done more or less in public as a constitutional requirement. Uh, really, they're okay. long and tedious trials. I mean, you see the, the Paul Manafort trial in the news, and people are, what, three weeks? And that's just pretty typical that trials are days, not hours. And you know, I'm a criminal defense attorney, and we never have the aha moments in trial, unless you're a really bad attorney and let your client get caught. It's really just incremental facts building up to a conclusion, not a Perry Mason type moment like you see on TV. Okay, so it's very, what you would say, anticlimactic, but not as dramatic. Oh no, there's always lots of surprises at trial. Can you give us some examples of some surprises you've seen? Well, one thing I, uh, I was a prosecutor and criminal defense attorney in the JAG Corps, and something I always told my clients at the time in the service, if I hear something for the first time from the prosecutor at trial, you're probably going to jail or prison for a while, and I can't really help you. <laughs> Despite that warning, you don't get through a trial without three or four things completely coming out of left field, either witness changes their testimony or, um, you know, I've had client uh, witnesses just forget on the stand, and it's been an interesting experience to be a trial attorney because you're dealing with people in very high stress situations and people react very differently. I, I can I can see that it would be very stressful and that's there but obviously ultimately at some point you made the decision to jump and venture out on your own and start your own practice versus staying with a firm. Um, it just seems like you added more responsibilities to your shoulders than kind of taking them off. What made you want to open your own firm? The main thing was you get to help more people. You have a wider range of clients. When I was uh, at a large firm for about 900 attorneys nationwide from New York to LA, your clients are really large corporations or people who have a lot of resources, and that really limits your ability to make an impact in the community. When you have your own practice, your overhead's a lot lower. Yes, you have to do things like pay the bills, make sure the lights work, but you're able to do areas of law to represent clients you normally wouldn't if you're a big firm. So it keeps you on your toes. Absolutely. <laughs> well, so you're not only dedicated in your practice of law, you're also a dedicated father of three as well. Um, how, do you how do you find the time to balance not only your hectic work schedule, owning your own business, going into these courtrooms, but also your family time? Like anybody here, anybody with a family who works, it's difficult, but one skill that we do have as attorneys is we're constantly being pulled in a thousand different directions, and it's just a skill you have to have. You either sink or swim. So especially with the, the children, what's great about being an attorney is you set your own hours, so you can work at 10 o'clock at night after they go to bed, or uh, so you can go to sporting events, and you can really set your own hours if you're not in court and that okay. helps a lot so i'm going to direct that question to both of you as well because you've had children throughout your careers and everything how do you find that you're able to balance work life and family life do you find that difficult do you have help and i'm going to go right here to adam um i think you just get to that point where you just need to say hey, i need to take a day off i need to be with my girls and um, it does get to that sometime but during the day, the girls are at school, and um, so that's when I'm in the shop, or if they go visit grandma, you know, shop time. So you, you, you elicit help from, you know, grandma and grandpa. <laughs> yeah, and my shop is in my backyard too, which makes it nice. So I get up in the morning, the girls get on the bus, go to school, and just walk 30 steps out to my shop. 
so that that part is nice i'm not away from home even if i am working the girls can still come out to the shop and you know bring me dessert or uh hey dad how's it going you get desserts <laughs> i do i don't even get dessert <laughs> well sometimes Brittany brings it to me but still my my own my own son doesn't even bring me dessert i, I have to bring it to him in his room while he's playing video games <laughs> um so Jason, what about you? Um, I know your daughter's obviously, you know, older, but when you were going through that, how did you find time to balance to make sure you had, you know, a work-life balance? Or did you, or did you just say, you're just gonna work through it? Yeah, I'm gonna say that I probably failed at that quite a bit um, with the whole work-life balance thing. Um, I mean, a lot of it was, you know, beyond my control. You know, we were deployed a lot, so, you know was I, that how did you find that did it take a toll on your family being deployed because you were in Afghanistan for two tours um so yeah I mean I deployed all over the place going all the way back to Desert Storm so um yeah I mean I, I think it's it's the same for any service member you know you made that you made that decision to, to go do that job and unfortunately the, the the reality of the military is we don't train to do that job to stay home um, True. And, and being the fact that we've been at a steady state of war since basically desert storm um you know that's that's just i think something that people understand um and you have to accept that and you make a decision you're either going to do your you know your one or two tours and get out um or you're going to make a career of it and accept that there's going to be a lot of time where you're gone, and you hope that you have a solid support structure, you know, network at home. Uh, I was fortunate to have that. Um, but, yeah, you miss a lot. So is there anything that you missed that you wish you would have been home for? Oh, man, that's a long list. Long uh, list? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think at one point I, I, re, I looked down, my kid was 10, and I'm like, when did that happen? Um, and I was like, okay. They do grow up fast. Yeah, fast, you know. So They sneak up on you, man. Sometimes they annoy you, but you look at them and you're like, whoa, you're taller than me. So, like, I have a 15-year-old at my house, and he's, like, used to be at my waist, and now he's, I look up, and he's above, he's taller than me. And he has better hair. <laughs> I figured that I, out. I got, no, I got nothing to say about the hair. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So, Adam, speaking of family, I, I know this is going to be an emotional topic for you, but can you tell us about the live everyday message and motto and what it means to you? Sure. Sure thing. I, uh, I did practice this a couple times just just to make sure. But, Take uh, some breaths. Live every day. Um, you know, I've got three girls. And... Uh, you know, growing up, these girls, if anybody has girls, teenage girls, they know that they're constantly comparing themselves. They're constantly saying, I wish I had her hair. Um, my eyebrows like aren't on fleek did. today. You know, I'm not tall enough, that kind of thing. So it got to the point where my wife and I would just say, like, um, you know, self-love. Self-love. Love yourself. You're perfect the way you are. So my wife had this idea. She got this marker board, and she would write a quote on it for the month and leave it up the house in the kitchen for a month. And, uh, you know, got to the point where the girls, they would say something and somebody would yell out, hey, self-love, remember the quote, and, you know, say it. And the girls started doing it to themselves, too, catch themselves, say it. So it was something fun. Um, October 2016, uh, the quote for that day was, uh, live every day with intention. On uh, October 29th, my oldest daughter, Olivia, was on her way to go see a Mac Miller concert in Colorado Springs, Red Rocks, one of the coolest places to see a concert. And uh, right at mile marker zero at the Arizona-Mexico state line on I-10, a couple miles from Lordsburg, she was in a car accident and was killed. And uh, her name was Olivia, and her name is Liv. That's what we used to call her. 
So a couple days later, one of our uh, good friends, Jennifer Walker, she owns CrossFit Northwest Tucson. She was at our house and she had looked up and seen the Live Every Day with Intention board that was still up in the kitchen. So that night she went home and she had made a post about it on social media and she used the hashtag Live Every Day. And I saw that and that just that just resonated with me. That that hit me. It was like it was perfect. For one, it was remembrance of my daughter Live, Live Every Day, who I'm all gonna think about every day. And two, to live every day with intention. That life is short and we can't take it for granted. So that's that's where that started. Um, after that after that was posted, we just went with it. Um, any picture that we had that we had posted that had to do with live, you know, we used the hashtag live every day. And uh, we decided, hey, let's get some stickers. And when we go on vacation or we go places or our friends go places, we'll give it to them. So that's what we did. We printed out, I think, 100 stickers. It just said live every day on them. And we handed them out to friends, family. When we went on vacation, we would put them on walls somewhere, restaurants, you know, a lot of places just have stickers up. And we would take a picture and we'd hashtag live every day. Well, pretty soon, uh, friends, people that we didn't even know were asking for them. And uh, they'd ask for them, we'd send them out to them, and we've seen them all over the world. It's been pretty freaking crazy how far these stickers have traveled. And you know, with, with the message, live every day, live your life. And for us, it's been therapeutic. You know, we'll see somebody post, uh, post a picture and hashtag live every day, and you know, it's just cool. For us, it's a reminder of my daughter, it's a reminder to live, but you know, also, to live every day the power of social yeah. media today and yeah, where we can reach and who we can reach is tremendous and i thank you for sharing that experience with us and you do you have this on your social media site says live every I do. day yeah i think the main thing is there was a quote i saw on social media and it says your energy introduces yourself before you even speak mm -hmm. and i think that's so true for any small business owner anytime i go to a new business and I just have a good feeling from a person I'm talking to, like you, the first time I met you. I mean, right. I just, I was like, this chick is awesome. Even if I Aww, have been at this other I'm place. I'm awesome. <laughs> you did know, you hear that, Brendan? <laughs> I did. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> oh, oh. From the lawyer, wow. from the lawyer. I got I have a to no be diplomatic. Comment. I can't That's take sides here. rope right there. <laughs> well, just your persona, your energy, the vibe you gave out. I mean, it was, it was it was something that it drawed me to you oh. and and a lot of people small small business owners you know you walk into a restaurant the owner's there and he's cooking if he's in a good mood saying hello to you heck yeah i'll come back you know i just for me the energy that i have with other people social interactions i think is huge and and i appreciate that and i think that's been um one of my key components for you know being able to stay busy Right, and I can tell you as being a small business owner myself, I, I do work with farmers insurance, I do commercial insurance and personal lines insurance. I meet so many different people and I love marketing and talking with people and just putting myself out there. I think that as a small business owner, and you doing what you're doing, you have to put that out there. You have to put the energy out there. That first impression means everything to somebody. You don't Absolutely. get, I know this is a cliche, but you do not <laughs> get a second chance to make a first impression. And when you make that first impression, that's what sticks with somebody. And I truly, truly believe that. And it's just something that has been my motto too is, I never even saw your social media, but it's been live every day to the fullest. Make sure you make the most of it. And since you've shared that with me, it just brings so much more depth to that live every day and seeing what it's doing. And I'm gonna make sure that that goes out everywhere on my social media just to say, hey, everybody, 
live every day live every day to the fullest and it resonates with me to the to my core now i know with successes comes great (laughs) failures adam what would you say is your biggest failure um biggest failure uh you know i think it's just getting that project where it's just kicking your butt you know um i think for me it was an install and i just couldn't couldn't get the the equipment to attach right and it just should have been a two-hour job and we were there like eight ten hours just trying to get this thing set up and um you know i had that point of screw it i'm just going to take my equipment give this guy his money back and walk away but uh you know i kept kept telling myself you, you got it you can figure it out you know just just do it your dad um, my dad he pretty much taught me everything i know how to be a hard worker and uh he was always trying things and if he didn't get it he kept doing it until he did and uh you know i always think about that on stuff like that like Hey, don't why, why quit? Just just keep going. Just try it. If it doesn't work, try it another way. So, so we did, and we ended up getting it, and it turned out awesome. And um, the kids loved the equipment that we set up, and and it was a popular popular piece of equipment in in the guy's gym. So yeah, and it turned out it still works, right? Yeah, okay, still so. works, and, it, and it's pretty cool too. Yeah, and that was Brennan's making four years notes ago. over there. So I wanted to make sure that it still works. So we were good to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, still good. Well, speaking of learning experiences and and failures. Um, Jason, being the commander role for the CVMA so long, I'm sure you've seen your share of some challenges in that role. What do you find to be the biggest challenge for the CVMA and its members? Honestly, I think that it comes down to with us. um, We've gotten so, I don't know if busy is quite the right way to put it, but I I think that's that's what it is. Uh, We're trying to get out in the community and do so much that honestly we wish we had more time in every day and more days in the year <laughs> um everybody i think right. might wish that especially especially as a volunteer organization you know this isn't like our full-time job you know almost all of our members work uh full-time and we're trying to do things uh, you know we've got big events coming up and we want to make sure that we are positioning ourselves in, in the best possible way we can so that when those calls for help do come in and people need help from our association whether it be you know a service project where we put in some sweat equity to go build something or do something or if it's um, simply just a you know using us as a funding mechanism which we do quite quite often uh, you know we get those requests for assistance come in and we want to be able to react to those and have those monies available so that we can help those those veterans in need right when it happens Um, because usually by the time it makes it to us somebody's in in pretty dire straits Um, we've gotten pretty good at that over the over the years Um, i'm very thankful to have a very good board underneath me those Um, those do help oh for sure Um, having been on sitting at the at the board table now for five years ish uh, i've seen the board you know come and go and members change positions and i've seen good and bad and the reality is when you've got a board that's handling and i like i'm a big believer in lanes okay hey sergeant arms here's your lane treasurer here's your lane i stay out of their business which makes my life a little bit easier um, but at the same time when we've got people that are handling their business and i get say Adams are veteran in need here in in the community and we get that request for assistance um, if we can we'll take it to the chapter but if it's something needs to happen right now in between chapter meetings the board we have a discussion we vote we execute 
I hit the treasurer up. So Exe- it can be done pr- pretty quickly. Yeah, we, we've literally executed monies um, to veterans in need within minutes of receiving the request. If, wow. I can, if I can get a hold of all my board guys, again, they all work, but we have a group chat going on, on our phones every day we talk. And when I get that request for assistance that comes in, or if it comes into one of the other board members, they socialize it amongst us. We vote and we execute, and then we just update the chapter at our next meeting and let them know, again, where the good work that they've put in that raised those monies that made it available and the veteran we were able to help. And it's been some really awesome success stories over the years doing that. You ask about failures. There's been times where we dropped the ball. I'm not going to lie. Um, but, you know. So what it, what I hear you saying is that a lot of these members, they're pulling double or maybe sometimes triple duties, working their own jobs, pulling board members on the CVMA. And I'm guessing maybe money's out of their own pocket to help get these veterans in need what they, what they need. Am, am I summing that up correctly yeah absolutely uh when we started off with this association uh, i remember when our chapter was scrambling for a couple years to try and get 400 dollars together just so we could get our 501c application done Um, and we've gone from that to where we're now executing about in the last several years i think we've averaged about twenty thousand dollars in and out and we're executing almost to the dollar every year uh, for every dollar we take in, it's going back out into the community to local veterans. Um, and that's that to me is huge, just to see how quickly it could change. And it's all based on our membership. We have active members that want to get out in the community and do this kind of stuff and get to know more people. And it becomes, you know, I like to say it's a self-licking ice cream cone. You know, it, it, it's, I don't know how else to put it, but from good things come more good things and that's what happens right okay wait wait say that again it's, it's a self-licking ice cream cone okay. so yeah i'm sorry i had a good laugh we're, we're good there so but that is a unique analogy that i i've never heard so i'm gonna use that i hope you're okay with that i'm, I'm gonna use that. that analogy as a self-licking ice cream cone Brittany. it's coming um but obviously veterans aren't the only ones that can help you fact how can the community help? What can the community do or what can we do to help get involved and help you as the CVMA? Yeah, yeah right there. <laughs> Jamie just smacked her hand good. That was awesome. Um, Ow! Honestly, um, you know, a, a lot of it comes down to, again, we want to have funds available to help people out. Okay. Uh, so we do have our, our bigger fundraisers. We have tried to get to the point where we're having a couple of main fundraisers a year so that we can not, I don't want to be doing fundraisers every month. I want to be executing the money. I want to be out doing service projects and our members feel the same way. Uh, like, you know, we've got our, I think we'll talk here about upcoming events, but um, like with our golf tournament coming so up. So are there any upcoming events? There are, as a matter of fact, it's funny you should mention that. So funny. yeah. Ha ha. Yeah. Ha ha. And uh, November 18th, uh, down at the Country Club of Green Valley, we are having our second annual Boots on the Green golf tournament, uh, which we are kind of hoping is going to become our main fundraiser a year, um, you know, where we can basically make our nut for the year and then be able to do the other projects that we want to have and help the veterans out as as needed. Uh, all the information for the, for the golf tournament's on our website at cvma32-2.com. Uh, we're partnering with you, um, several other great uh, local businesses around town. I've got a Brood Awakening a Coffee Place that's going to help us out. 
Um, in the morning, they're going to be out there uh, partying with Chewies. Um, Brian over there is helping us out. Uh, we're reapproaching several of the businesses that we talked to last year, Trinity Artwork, Art Collective, and several others around town. So I, I hear you mention that you want to make this your main, like, marketing and, and promoting event. Who who specifically is this event going to be helping? Okay, specifically, all of our money goes right back into local veterans. Mm -hmm. um, I can give you some stories of where the monies have gone to over the last year. We've helped out veterans children that had scholarship needs uh recently we had a really cool one come in we had a, a a woman veteran that was in need and she i think she went through women's warriors association i believe it was that reached out to us and through that we were able to get she got middle of the summer everything was brutally hot and her air conditioning went out Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was terrible. And in Arizona? Yeah. And she's down there on her um That's you know, an all hands on deck. On basically situation. her disability and retirement income, I believe it was, and, and her I think she had three or four kids, I can't remember. Um, but it was a bad situation and we were able to execute and get her air A C system fixed like immediately, like call the guy, get him out there, get at work, we'll cut the check. Um, and that just happened. But we get those those cool stories that come in on a fairly regular basis that we're able to get out and react but the only way the only reason we're able to react so quickly is if we're successful in our fundraising efforts um, so yeah all the funds that you're raising for uh, on this particular event um are they going to anywhere in particular or are you just going to be you know kind of help you know as they come in we're going to help who we can the specific places we know monies will go right now um, we partner with Esperanza and Escalante here in, in Tucson, uh, which is a transitional homeless veterans community uh, where they go into this program for two years um, to get cleaned up, rehab, vocational skills, and then they get to go back into the community, um, put into an apartment, furnished. We have been filling the food bank at Esperanza and Escalante every month for four and a half years. Okay. Um, my first year on the board, I wanted, I really wanted to preach sustainability. Um, it's easy for an organization to come in and throw a Band-Aid on something. Hey, we're going to throw a one-time fix at something. I didn't want to do that. Um, I wanted that organization to be able to count on CVMA when it came to what we were going to do. And us, again, partner with the, the Purple Heart, um, the Military Order of the Purple Heart. Uh, we partner up with them, and we've been filling that food bank every month for four and a half years. Wow. Um, and that's so, and we're putting, I think, $300 a month from our money to that, goes to that, and Purple Heart is is matching it, so it's pretty awesome. That's a great partnership we have with them. So that's some of the dedicated funds. We'll also make donations to the, the Fisher House here in Tucson. Uh, we make that we make a donation to them every year. Uh, we've actually done service projects over there as well. And for those of the listeners here that might not be familiar with the Fisher House, what is the Fisher House? The Fisher House, it's a... First off, it's an amazing facility over at the VA hospital. When a veteran is going into the, the VA system or a VA hospital somewhere for extended care or surgeries or whatever else, it's basically a free place to stay for the family to come and be with their veteran while they're going through whatever procedure they're going through. Um, it's a very, very nice facility. The one here in Tucson's super nice. Uh, we were there at the groundbreaking. We were there at the opening. It was pretty awesome. I mean, granted, our contributions don't touch the millions of dollars that were contributed by other folks, uh, but we were there, you know, and we're and we're still there. And we like to make our annual donation to them 
Um, and I'm sure you show up on your bikes in all of your colors, and that's impressive to see. For anybody mm -hmm. that has not seen that, you should definitely go out to one of their events. It's just incredible. And the we're all deaf, so have. we like to make a lot of noise, so that's what the bikes are for. That's so. what that was, right. all of like the revving of the bikes. I get it now. I get it now. Yeah. Obviously, there doesn't need to be an event for the community or somebody to come out and, and help support True. the CVMA and our veterans. So is there a way that we can get involved with you to help where where do we go what do we do the easiest way to do it is go to our website at C, again cvma32-2.com and right there on the landing page you've got contact us and you can get a hold of my email any of the emails from my board members my webmaster whoever else reach out to us if there's anything you're interested in partnering with we get this all the time businesses say hey you know i'd like to do something um to give back to a veterans organization, we'll take it. We're we are shameless that way. We really don't care. Um, and we've you been mentioned shameless a few times. <sighs> That's how we roll. Uh, <laughs> pun, pun intended. <laughs> but we've through by doing so, we've actually gained some really awesome community partners around town over the last several years. You know, I'm actually looking forward to talking to Adam some more about some of the work he's doing afterwards. Right on. Um, and defense attorney over here, we may have business for him too. Who knows? He does a lot um, with veterans as well as. Uh, We've, we've talked before so right so i mean this is the kind of networking opportunities that have come about from us just trying to get out there and let people know who we are if you've got an idea and you're interested in helping us out i mean we try to keep everything up to date right on the website so you know what we're doing we're easy to get a hold of and i've seen your website it's definitely impressive i've seen some of the changes that you've made from just four or five months ago to today that the strides and things that are, are wonderful so all of those websites and actually all of our gentlemen's websites will be up on our uh, business radio here for you guys to take a look at and all of our listeners so please make sure you check that out what was your email address or the, your website again cvma32-2.com wonderful and brendan I, I know you're no stranger to pulling double duty you've you've held a, a lot of many roles from being a single father nonprofit boards and even serving as the councilman for the town of Warro valley correct correct okay so I, I really don't know how you find the time to do it but you said you work at like 10 or 11 o'clock at night kudos i'm usually in bed um what what does brendan bring to the table that other law firms here in tucson can't touch or what what sets you apart I think the biggest things is being a small law firm, I'm really able to provide client-first focus that a lot of bigger firms' personal touch can't provide. And if you call, you're going to be speaking with me, you're not going to be speaking with my assistant or another attorney. The second thing, and, I, and that's big because I've I've always been with the gatekeepers and like, well, someone will give you a call back in like a day or two days. They're getting you directly. Is that your cell phone number on there, or my cell phone number is on my card? All my clients have my cell phone and my office number, and then that's email. ballsy. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> a true statement. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to well, interrupt you. Well, when people for a family law issue or something's going on and mom's not letting you see the child or yeah. something like that. Waiting till Monday at you know nine o'clock is necessarily the answer that your clients want to have, and as an attorney, you really if I do share it to your clients, and if you're doing your job right, you're putting their needs uh, above your own. So, you know if it's Friday night and they need an emergency, you should be picking up your phone and helping them. The other thing is experience, because um, I'm, I'm one of the few kind of all-around practitioners left. Most lawyers very much specialize. 
And there's nothing wrong with specialization. I refer out clients all the time to attorneys who specialize, but you don't necessarily see the whole issue for a client. If you have a business client, for instance, and you're only experienced in A, you're not necessarily gonna say, oh, I'm helping you with A, but B, C, D, E are also issues. I can help you address there, find the resources that you need. Um, so I've had a very varied work history from being in the, the JAG Corps. I defended the Army from lawsuits for three states. I think I had about $170 million in lawsuits. Prosecutor, criminal defense attorney, which I did for about seven years. And like I said, I did a private practice. I was in civil litigation, 100% private practice for five years. So most attorneys don't have that varied of a resume. And I think that brings a lot to the table of helping clients. So that is very interesting because you've actually, I don't know if I say both sides of the table, but you've been both prosecuting and, and the defense. So I want to get your expert opinion on something. Um, why should someone hire an attorney and not represent themselves? Un unfortunately, we see this a lot, especially in family law. I think about 70% of litigants in family law uh, don't have attorneys. And it's a couple of reasons. Uh, first, when, you're, when you know anything about the law, you might see three or four issues that you have to deal with in court. There's really 100 to 200 issues, and it's the other 97 issues you don't see that get you into trouble. And then you usually come into one of our offices after the fact to fix it, and it costs you three, four times as much as it would if you just went to attorney in the first place. The second one is time is money. You know, if you're not an attorney and you are trying to represent yourself, it's a lot of effort on your time going to court, Especially trying to figure out what to do. if you don't know what you're doing, you're trying to wing it. I would assume most people don't. I, I'm sorry, I, I told you, I, I frankly find law intimidating, and I've been in that instance where I've actually had to go up and swear and say something, and I think I was jittery and nervous, and I stumbled, and I didn't know what I was saying, and I <laughs> rambled like I'm doing now. So how do you stop yourself from doing that? And, and everybody's laughing because it is so true. If you ever know me, it happens. You get nervous. Do you, like, picture the judge and jury naked or something? What do you do? <laughs> I'm just trying to figure that out. Are you, do you ever get nervous, or is that something that it builds the anticipation? You're like, yes, I'm going to do this today. Like anything, I'm a trial attorney, like any athlete, you, you have that little bit of nervousness, but that's really what sharpens your focus and makes you perform. You have to have the little adrenaline rush and the little bit of butterflies in your stomach. Okay. If you don't have that in the attorney, you're not caring enough. And if you don't care about your client or cause enough to have that, then you should really reevaluate why you're, why you're there. True, true. So with that being said, um I, I don't need an attorney right now, but I may in the future, is when seeking out legal counsel, I know, I know, right? <laughs> I'm anticipating, I, I've got my connection. Um, <laughs> are there certain things that we should look for an attorney or certain questions that we should ask the attorney when we're trying to figure out what services we need? Absolutely, the, the number one most important thing with your attorney is a good relationship. Okay. And it, you have to trust your attorney and your a lot of times putting their your life in their hands and do a lot of criminal law and if you don't have 100% trust in the bond I you should be looking for another attorney you have that with Two, you obviously want to do your due diligence uh, I usually recommend see a couple attorneys if if you're able because you want an attorney who really handles your area of law has similar cases to the needs that you have or you will have in the future because there are a lot that you said specialized there's not many general practice that are out there like like you, correct? 
correct. Usually you have to go to a bigger law firm to get that type of service, but with bigger law firm comes increased overhead and the cost is exorbitant and the value is not really there. So, so what I hear you saying is that if we want the best, we should just go to your website and give you a call on your cell phone because it's out there. Well, I have to be humble, so I can't say that. <laughs> well, I'll say it for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, again, um, thank you. And I'm going to go back to Adam. So, speaking of the best, I have had the uh, pleasure of seeing some of your work firsthand, and it's absolutely top-notch. What was that? Well, I've seen some of your gyms, and, you know, I, I do occasionally go get your fitness to on. a gym. I get my fitness on. <laughs> um, yes, I do. Um, but so if there's one thing you wanted your listeners to know about your business, what would it be? Um, we don't just do workout equipment. Uh, like I said, I do really like doing the the ideas that people have. Um, there's a gentleman here in town who uh, is the head of the Reptile Society, and he found me on Facebook somehow and just – Asked if I could build him a cage for his reptiles uh, that could hold all his uh, heating lamps and things. And he was an engineer, so he drew everything out for me on CAD, which was perfect because I knew exactly where every single hole you had to be. You wish all clients were like that, don't you? <laughs> well, some, some I do, but, you know, some is kind of fun just to make up on my own and just, you know, figure it out on myself. Right. But this guy this guy was awesome. He had blueprints that were actually blueprints printed Wait, he out brought, for me. He brought you blueprints. He brought me blueprints. Asked me if I could do Jeez. a project for him. He kind of explained what it was, and he showed up the next day with blueprints. I looked at it, and I said, these are awesome. This is perfect. Let's do it. So you, you basically don't just do – like I said, you're not a cookie cutter. If somebody comes to you and say, hey, this is what I'm needing, you can you can create it potentially. Yeah, and it's uh, – you know, we're just limited on uh, creativity and budget. Just don't do wood. Uh, no, I do do some wood. Oh, you do? Uh, small parts. And I do have a carpenter that I work with who lives across the street from me. He's a retired carpenter. And uh, any wood projects that we do, um, I hit him up, and he does – majority of the wood stuff for me some of the smaller stuff i can do but you know we did build some pretty cool pretty cool uh, wood and metal desks that turn out pretty neat and i'm working on one right now that's a mesquite top desk and uh, he's putting it all together we made um it's going to have a metal frame and uh there's uh, i think they're called uh ribbons that go inside um to hold the wood together and we cut those all out of metal so you're going to have the wood top with these metal ribbons inside it's going to look going to look pretty neat so i'm excited for that one to come out well, I can't, I can't wait. So just you work with wood and you work with metal and everything's there. So question, can you build that Game of Thrones throne, the Iron Throne? You know what I'm talking about, I've right? Never, I, I've never seen the show. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Oh, my goodness. Uh, is that the one with the knives in it? Y- uh, yes. Okay. okay. I've, seen, I've seen the picture, but I've... The one with, yeah, like, if so, like... Okay, well, if somebody ever asks you to build that throne, you need to give me a call so I can come over and sit in it and put that on my Facebook page. All and right, be like, all right, I am right. now the, the Game of Thrones winner. <laughs> like, we need to make this a reality, and we need, we need to make that happen. So I know we, we talked a little bit about this for you. What does success look like for you? What is success? Success for me in, in this business is uh, being able to deliver a product to a client and them saying, this is awesome. I'm going to refer you to somebody else because uh, word of mouth is the best way to market. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty proud of the fact that we don't do billboards. Um, you know, haven't done anything like that. It's all been word of mouth and it's keeping me busy and, and I like it and it's, it's perfect. There's some jobs I say no to, um, but then, you know, some jobs that are really neat that, that I want to do and it challenges me. So that's success to me. Excellent. Excellent. And I know this is going to be a little bit different for you, but um, what does success look like for the CVMA and, and your group? 
for us it's it's simply being able to help those veterans when they when they come to us in need and never never being able to say never having to say we can't uh to me that's what success looks like for us um fortunately uh i don't think i can't think of a time in the last five or so years where we've said no to anyone um uh, there's been times where we've actually had to go outside and try and get help from somewhere else for somebody. Uh, but again, I consider that a success story of our partnerships with other veterans organizations. Now, I was going to mention that you don't just do work with the CVMA. You partner with other veterans associations. And, and what does that look like? And how does that kind of work with you having your own and then them there? How does that work? How's Honestly, that dynamic? there's a great relationship between a lot of the most... I, I can't think of a veterans organization around town where we don't have a good relationship with. Um, there are certain veterans organizations out there, um, in particular, Tucson Vets Serving Vets. Those guys, I can't say enough good things about them. They are the ones that host the stand downs every year. Um, and they're getting out and they're finding those homeless veterans that are on the street and they're bringing them in for those, for those resource fairs and getting them off the streets. Um, and we partner with them on a regular basis. They are kind of... Honestly, TVSV um, is kind of the, the front line for homeless veterans um, here in Tucson. I really can't say enough good things about those guys. And we love helping those out, those guys out with the resource fairs, uh, the stand downs. We work with them on those. Uh, and also, we, we like, hey, when they reach out to us as a funding mechanism, we want to be able to help because, again— You join in voices. Yeah, and those guys really have— some of the real-time intel on, on a homeless vet that needs help right now or uh, an at-risk risk veteran that's out there that really needs help. Um, again, they're, they're just a great organization. And then I mentioned earlier our relationship with the uh, military order, the Purple Heart guys. Mm-hmm. Can't say enough good things about those guys either. Um, really good dudes. So uh, success is just making sure you're helping one veteran at a time and you're doing it the right way. Right. It really is. And just never having to say no. To me, that's what success looks like. Excellent. And Brennan, same question, a um, little bit different again for you. You've had a very successful career, but what do you measure success or what do you determine your success by? The only way I determine success is the success of my clients. Uh, there's no other really way to do it. Um, and the main thing, when you come in and see a lawyer, a lot of times you're at the something's gone really bad at a low point. So success can be defined a lot of different ways. If you're going through divorce, it's getting you through so you can move on. Most importantly, getting your kids through so they can be the the healthiest and best coming through the divorce. Personal injury people get injured. They're not able to ever go back to exercise or activities, but getting them fair compensation quickly so they can get the medical care they need and return to normal life as they can. So it's, it's varied, but it depends on the clients. But if the client's a lot better off for coming and having you as attorney and you get them through the process as pain-free and quickly as possible, I can consider that a very good success. Well, that's just great. So I'm going to go back here real quickly. Adam, if somebody wants to reach you, um, give me some of those sites that they can reach you at. Um, this is Garage Metalworks LLC. Why don't you go ahead and give us some of the ways that we can reach and contact you? All right. Uh, Instagram. We've got the Garage Metalworks page on Instagram. That's the main one I use quite a bit. Uh, we also have the Facebook page. I'm um, not on there too much, but I do get messages on there. And uh, also uh, the garagemetalworks.com, and that has uh, our apparel line, which we do have tanks, which you I, did get one. I and, did get one of those, yes. And we do have Work stickers out. on there also, the Live Everyday stickers too. I got a tank. It <laughs> was great. I'm a little jealous right now. I'm you should be. Lie. You should be. <laughs> so, yeah, we have uh, uh, an apparel line. We have hats, tees, tanks on there, and we also have the Live Everyday stickers on there too. Which I saw. And uh, it's not 
you know, we're not making a profit on it. It's just if somebody wants a couple stickers, basically just pays for shipping. Um, some people, they add a couple more and a couple more bucks and anything extra. We always give it to the pets. So, uh, you know, my ah, daughter Liv loved the, the animals. Well, <laughs> animal shelters. Oh, so, animal shelters. Okay. Yeah, yeah Liv yeah. was an animal lover. She wanted to be a vet. And uh, so anything extra, people donate. Um, you it, send it, it always way. goes there. Yeah, 100%. Okay. So. All right. And Jason, same for you. Give us some uh, ways that we can reach out to the CVMA. How can we get in touch with you or... Jamie, the other Jamie, not me, the other Jamie. Right. So, again, our website, uh, cvma32-2.com, uh, is primary. And right there on the landing page, we've got links to our Facebook pages. Our, I believe we have Instagram. Um, I don't face cloud tweet whatever that thing's called anymore. Face wait, wait, did you just say FaceCloud? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't whatever. it like FaceTime? What? Am I, okay, I'm not, I don't I'm know. not there, but FaceCloud. I, I don't know stuff. I've got a PRO that handles that stuff for me. And that's a good thing. I'm just going to put that right there. Clearly. Um, but again, all, we do have all those social media outlets um, available to you on our website. Uh, that's the easiest way to get to it. We have two Facebook pages. We have a closed group for just our members. But we have an open public access page where we promote other other entities events okay um so that's another place we can socialize things that are coming up and speaking of which i want to plug two things right quick uh okay. the vietnam veterans of america uh 106 car show is this saturday the 15th uh 93 at chewy's and we have bike night next thursday on 9 26 to 9 over at Wilma, or I'm sorry, Kolb and 22nd store. So Brian cannot yell at me now. Um, so Hear that, Brian? No yelling at Jason. No yelling at me, Brian. Brennan, give us some uh, ways that we can reach you. The best way to reach you is not by telephone. So my assistant or staff can set an appointment and get you in around uh, pr pretty quickly. Okay. And that's 884-7997. Okay. And, um, yeah, that unfortunately my website's going under redesign right now. So if you went to it, you'd have uh, not a very good impression. Oh, <laughs> well, we will not hold that against you because I do know that those redesigns of websites are definitely needed these days. That's where people are going and, and checking it. But I know you, you're working on it and you're getting it out there. So can you just say the phone number one last time? Because I don't know if it went through. Sure. 884-7997. All right. Well, unfortunately, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure having you here. But that has been our time here at the uh, Stuart Title studios um i would like to thank all of my guests adam jason and brennan for coming and thank you for sharing your experiences not only with our listeners but with here in the studio and we will have some pictures up and some links for all of our guests on the website so please feel free to uh, log in and check them out tune in next month i will have some more exciting guests as well and uh yeah this is connecting tucson with jamie and i can't wait to have a few more of you guys on